Welcome everyone to Phone Show Chat Podcast 728, recording this on Saturday 24th of December 2022. It's nearly Christmas, is it deep and crisp and even where you are, Ted Salmon? It's, it's certainly deep with water. There's lots of rain going on here this evening. Um, but uh, yeah, rain instead of snow, it would seem, unless you live in Scotland somewhere, apparently. Mm-hmm. Or, in Amer- or in America. <laughs> They're having it really bad out there, aren't they? Yeah, not wishing to blow our own trumpet, but we're here again. We, we, we refuse to take a break from this lovely podcast. And um, we'll put some thank you links in the show notes if you want to say thank you with beers. Um, what, what's, what's the hot beverage they have at Christmas, Ted? Mulled um, wine. Mulled wine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, If you want to buy us some mulled wine or something, we'll links later on. A um, few guests coming up. We've got um, a, a show also on New Year's Eve. Again, we won't be drinking and making merry and whatever we do on seeing in the new year. We will be here podcasting again with guest Ben Wood. So thanks to him for giving up his New Year's Eve for that. After that, we've got a few PSC virgins, Ryan Stephen and Glyn Stone, plus the ever-reliable Mike Warner, all coming up in the next few weeks on Phone Show Chats. Show notes at stevelitchfield.com. And on Twitter, I'm Steve Litchfield. Ted, people can find where you are at? TedSalmon.com. That's me, and that's where you'll find um, what I do. Kurt Kaufman has been in touch. He says, not phone-related, but my 95-year-old father-in-law tends to get things mixed up with regards to passwords when he tries to use a computer. Needless to say, he's a prime mark for all sorts of scams. So I was happy to discover that on an older MacBook Pro from 2010 that I had lying around, there were parental controls that were ideal for a situation. I was able to set it up so he could access New York Times, BBC, Wikipedia as whitelisted locations, whereas everything else brings up a blank screen. Fortunately, he was willing to go along with this. And by the way, the computer runs macOS 10, 13, 6. I'm still able to use modern versions of Safari. Um, I presume, Ted, there are similar things you can do in Chrome uh, or, or Edge under Windows. And I'm thinking also maybe mobile as well. I don't know about Edge under Windows. I don't use it. But I think that because it runs on Chromium, um, it probably is the same. In Chrome, apparently, and I had to look this up because I don't have children and I've never looked at it. But apparently in Chrome, you can access this thing called Family Link and then you can completely control um blocks to sites or allow sites or yeah i mean you, you can just manually control or automatically control whatever you want um uh, i'll put some links in the show notes to what i discovered but i'm sure that people listening to this with families will probably already know it anyway um and there's a couple of um, articles that yeah. i found which are, are of interest and there's also a chrome extension you can install on chrome uh, but anyway, as you say, this is uh, kind of all about, mostly all about desktop experiences. As for mobile, again, I don't know. Yeah, uh, data points welcome. I just thought this was a general interest item. An awful lot of people um, listening to this will have children and may well have thought, how dickens do I stop my, whatever it is, 13-year-old daughter or something coming across things that I don't want them to come across? So um, it's an interesting topic, whether it's on desktop, laptop, tablets, iPads, or mobile. So maybe we'll come back to this if we get some more data points. Also from Kurt, uh, in the context of his dad's phone speakers dying, and those of my daughters, which I mentioned a few weeks ago, unfortunately, phones are usually designed with audio capacity that can exceed what the little speakers can handle. I guess it depends on the nature of the audio, whether there are sudden spikes in the volume, a lot of bass in the recorded sound. I suppose, he said, if they designed the volume level such that it would never possibly damage the speakers, people would complain that the level was too low. I almost never turn the level to 100%, but depending on the recording, sometimes upwards of 80 I was saying a few weeks ago, Ted, when I, when I upgraded my daughter to the iPhone 12 Pro, that she really had to stop listening to her music at 100% all the time over the speakers. <laughs> she literally wore the speakers out, and I'm guessing mm. the same here for Kurt. So it's a good point, Kurt. Um, if people did, manufacturers did make them so the volume could never be too loud, everyone would say the levels are too low. It's interesting that the slider on my Samsung phones um, goes to 150, and I wonder if that's something to do <laughs> with this. They, they're kind of hoping that people will stick to when it gets to 100, which would be kind of two-thirds of the way up, um, but I don't know if that's true or not. On Windows Phone, <laughs> it went from 0 to 30, just to keep it completely oh, yeah, different. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very strange. And my favourite Android utility just got a big update. Phonet Info, it's P-H-O-N-E-T-I-N-F-O, in the Play Store, uh, it's just been published at 1.0.62. And the main features, where I thought, thought it was interest, 
display manufacturer, display manufacturing date and API level. And the first two are something we, we often talk about, um, certainly on other pod, tech podcasts. W- which company is making the display in your smartphone? So maybe we might be able to find out now. Unfortunately, this this used to be my go-to tool for checking things like that, um, for reviews and what have you. But over time, they just seem to have taken that data away. Um, I checked the screen um, manufacturer on my Motorola Edge 30 Neo, um, which we pretty much know is um, an LG because it's POLED and that's their technology. But in the place where it's supposed to, to give the data, if you expect to see LG, it doesn't. It just says QCM forward slash one. I mean, I did do some research to try and find out what that was. And um in this case, we're fairly sure. But the point is that over time, I think, it used to be said in plain English in these apps. And the phone net info is not the only one. There's quite a lot of them out there. Um, but they just seem to not have that data in there anymore. I don't, I don't know what you found. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the first cut at trying to access these APIs for the utility. I'm sure he'll expand the acronyms and try and make it more readable. This up, this utility phone info is being updated every month or so. So he, well done to the developer and do, do install it and hang in there, guys. And I think they, he will provide more readable manufacturer uh, display information. Um, 18 months on, by the way, an update on my verdict of the top mobile Flight Sims games. So this is stuff. Flight simulators you can actually play on your smartphone. We'll put a link in the show notes. In summary, only go for the pro versions of each if you have the time and screen space on other devices like a computer or tablet. Flying in you know in real time with air traffic control and on a phone screen, it's just cramped and it's it's good for quick fun, but not for anything serious. When they ask you, Ted, they said, right, your mission today is to fly from Liverpool to San Francisco. This will take seven and a half hours or whatever, and you've got to sit there on your phone screen for seven and a half hours. And there is some uh, accelerating functions, but on the whole, it's just it's tedious. And just use it for quick fun. Do see the link in the show notes. But if you, goodness sake, if you're a serious flyer, I'm sure you'll be on a Windows laptop or a tablet. Indeed. I can't believe people would do that, to sit and pretend to fly an aeroplane on a, on a little screen like that. <laughs> they, they, well, you can get train simulators. We've seen them, Ted, for tablets and desktops. And you can literally yeah, you know, yeah. drive a train from Manchester to Exeter, and it takes the full four hours, and it shows yeah, the scenery, and, yeah. and you have to stop at all the stations and let people on. Oh, yeah, I have. I've seen that, and I've and I've downloaded and looked at it, and and thought to myself, "You're not serious. Who on <laughs> earth is going to do this?" But anyway, um, each to their own. You've seen the farming <laughs> simulators as well, where you drive yeah, combine yeah. harvesters and tractors, and, and have to goat simulator and there's <laughs> yeah. truck truck simulators and all sorts of things isn't there is there a moped simulator <laughs> uh, not find one of those yet no yeah um <laughs> the return of replaceable batteries you can link in the show notes um further eu legislation now if you, you if people read the link they'll find it uses weasel words like aim and provisional I think there's lots of water to go before this comes any kind of law, Ted. I'd love it to happen that phones go back to replaceable batteries. I don't believe it will happen anytime soon. No, in fact, they're, they're talking about um, three years down the line. Even if this was passed and agreed and done like tomorrow, they're still not. They still wouldn't be making anyone do it for three and a half years. Um, so, and also there was a, a big question around um, the pro- one of the problems being to do with folding devices and flipping devices, where the batteries are are in two parts, and and some gaming phones. So there was a big kind of question mark over this whole thing, anyway. Um, but we'll see what the EU do and um, whether people comply if they do do it. I can see it happening, whereby say it's five, six, seven years time, phones come out and they are waterproof. And they are sealed, but two obvious screws, perhaps at the bottom, you undo those and then you lever up something and then you can replace the battery yourself in five to ten minutes of careful work. I don't believe we'll ever get to the stage where you just peel the back off and slap in a new battery. But this, I think this implies they want the users to be able to replace the batteries themselves. And I'm all for that, but I don't think it will be instant. No, indeed, I agree. You've got some other news items and links you want to just chat about? Um, very quickly, the roadmap 
for Google devices was, which was law, which was released by some super duper leak on Android authority, all very questionable. But what's interesting was that somewhere down the line, going back to folding and flipping devices, um, their reliable leak reckons that pixels are in on this and that the um, the, the Samsung, when they started working with Samsung and talking Samsung into to leading that, they had this up their sleeve the whole time. And that now that it's been proven to be good, then they're going to get in there. And the other thing to come out of that was that apparently, I didn't know this, Samsung um, flip devices outsell the fold devices by three to one by three to one and so what they're suggesting is that google will want in on the flip action more than the fold action um and even though they're um kind of moving 12l and 13 forward in the ways that we we've seen it happening um the you know ex- if nothing of this comes true expect a flip phone any so you know sometime relatively soon yeah that makes sense i can i can understand flips out selling folds three to one because apart from nothing else it's uh, almost half the price uh, yeah, and, and as yeah. you know from your own Z Flip 3, it's a really nice dinky form factor and an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, and it appeals to a cross section of um, users. Um, yeah. I, I won't, I won't, dare, I won't dare say girlies, but um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. That a cross section of people that are going to put them in their handbags and hang them around their necks and have bling covers for them and what have you. So um, yeah, very interesting. Um, the other thing was that you were questioning this week um, MKBHD's best camera smartphone of the year thing, so much so that you even put a short up about it, didn't you? Yeah, we'll put the link in the show notes. I, I just, I understand that he was going for simulating all photos are viewed on a three, four, inch, five inch screen. Therefore, you, if you've got an, in his tester interface on laptops, on desktops, on big screens, he still showed little thumbnails almost of the photos the camera's smartphones took, and you had to compare one to the other. You can't see any detail whatsoever because they're so tiny. The whole point about me looking at it one-to-one at the pixel-level detail is that I can see whether the photos are actually getting good in terms of image quality, the things you can do with. So do see my, my video rant short, link in the show notes, and I understand everything he did and why he did it, and there's loads of good coding, and, and the, the, the numbers numbers were staggering. He said uh, in the first two hours, they had two terabytes of bandwidth served up for people looking at these images, two terabytes. And it's all coming out of his internet bill. So I understand what he didn't, why he didn't put out bigger photos, but he doesn't really give any kind of impression. And the Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV, that, uh, and presumably your 5 Mark IV that you love and you've got, um, I think they're cracking smartphone cameras, and they're not designed to be snap and pop and saturated and sharpening they're designed to produce genuinely good images you can do things with and that's not where he was going but it's where i'd like yeah, to yeah. go i know yeah I, I do i did get that and he didn't give any um kudos to the fact that the sony for for example the sony's have a different um philosophy philosophy if yes of, of of what they're doing with their cameras it was just all bang 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 done 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 so i do get what you're saying um yeah. And XJ's Guide to Lossless Audio was really interesting read. All of that you'll know already because you're a boffin. But it was a really <laughs> interesting, plain English for the layman, it was a really interesting. So I'll link to that in the show notes. If you don't understand lossless audio, what LDAC is and how it relates to MP3s and all that, then follow the link and have a read of that. And the last thing was that Oppo have also now promised, following Samsung, um, that they will put four years of OS updates and five years of security on, yeah. on flagships, on flagships, flagships only, mind yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that will not start either until 2023. So if you've already got an Oppo, Oppo phone, presumably that means that it's, um, you know, that doesn't include that. It's next year and onwards. Yep, still good to see. Anyway, yes. Yep. Let's move on with something rather exciting. Um, there's a phone in my hands, Ted, which you're very eager to get your hands on. It is the Motorola Edge 30 Ultra, which is mm. pretty new, and I'm quite excited myself. It's uh, pretty splendid. Can I just give you my first impressions, or do you want to mm. give the basic specs No, first? no, you go, you go ahead. Right. Essentially, it's a slightly tall phone, not quite as tall and slim as the Sony's, but it's in that region with slightly curved edges. It's a nice size. It's very slippery. There's a super TPU in the box, as Motorola, I think, often do, which makes a big difference. So well done, Moto. It also comes with a 125-watt, count them, 125-watt 
fast charger in the box with a compatible cable. I mean, it's just tremendous. It charges in an instant. And the battery life so far, I think it's almost 5,000 milliamp hours. The battery life is just astonishing. It hardly, you use it for a couple of hours and the percentage goes down three. And I'll come to that in a moment because there is a bit of a glitch. But, uh, but in terms of power and charging and longevity and form factor and grip and everything, it's just terrific. Yeah. Mm, very good. It comes with a horrible, ghastly, appalling, despicable screen protector. <laughs> It's the most horrible. Rip it off. I did. I, 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 I literally ripped it off before I even turned the phone on. I just dispatched. You know, I don't care if the PR people tell me off. I don't, I don't want any other reviewer to ever use this phone with the screen protector. Huge improvement. It now works absolutely perfectly. It feels gorgeous in the hands. So I did you a favour there, Ted. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely. I would have done the same thing. You know, hang the <laughs> PR company. Um, but uh, it, the, the thing, the, the, the device is being kind of. Um, put out there on the back of this 200 megapixel camera, isn't it? Yeah, the the 200 megapixel camera, I haven't really tested it yet because it's gloomy, rainy, horrible winter <laughs> weather in the UK. This is just not, not the right lighting, not the right uh, level of dampness. I like to do my shots in the dry, thank you very much. So I will get onto that over the next week or so and hopefully put up a YouTube video review before I send it on to you. The, the two times optical camera it comes with seems rather pointless. If you've got a 200 megapixel main camera pixel binning to the usual sort of 12 or so megapixels then you've got enough resolution you can do smart cropping into two times three times so why the dickens if they put in a two times optical camera as well i do think that motorola tries hard in imaging it never seems to quite get it right hmm. it just does seem a bit odd doesn't it um but the that's also a kind of step down from the edge plus which has three times optical yeah. anyway um so i don't quite get that either I think it's a, just put in to, to increase the number of cameras by one. They could quite easily have just missed it out. No one would have missed it. Um, yeah. but they, they, I guess putting two cameras on the back of a flagship just seemed like one too few, and they thought people might get the wrong idea. And they, anyway. wanted, to put, they, they wanted to put a three-level step on the back as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The speaker, this is the important bit for you and I, the speakers mm. are excellent. I mean, they're, they're one notch behind the you-know-what at this end, but they're great, <laughs> and Dolby Atmos is always on when playing audio over speakers, and I'd say they're better than those on the Pixel 7 Pro. Wow, excellent. That sounds like it's very much like the um, Edge 30 Neo, yeah. which I'm still kind of wowed about. So maybe there's a link between the two, is there? I think they're the same components, Ted. So if you like yeah. the Neo, this way you get a slightly larger phone with um, faster everything, but with the, the, the speakers you love. So yeah. yeah. And they may be even better because it's it, it's bigger and it'll have more room yeah, to, yeah. to to move the sound around. Yeah. Anyway, I think you'll be impressed. Uh, there was an update available out of the box to Android 12. 12? Android 12? Yeah, you'd thought they'd start at 13, but it's Android 12 mm-hmm. October 22. I was disappointed. I thought they'd have December, but I guess we're still talking about bi-monthly updates with Motorola. That, yeah. that's, that's their way they do things. It is. That is exactly the way they do things. The, the Neo is still on 12 and it's got... Um, it's got it's actually got November update, but they, they just do things at their own sweet yeah. pace, don't they? And, and they, they will. I mean, the, the promise of the three OS updates from this device, from the motor, is absolutely great. And four years of security, absolutely great. But they will do it at their own pace. They, 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 they're not they won't rush them, rush them out like like, you know, Samsung do or, or, or other uh, other manufacturers now. Yeah, the screen is absolutely gorgeous, which I suspect mm. ties in with the technology on your Edge 13 yeah, Neo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good, I have yet to test it in the sunlight, though, because the sun has literally not come out <laughs> in the days since I received it. So oh, dear. I will report back. Um, Hello, Moto blares out of the speakers when booting, which is kind of nostalgic. I hope it can be turned off. <laughs> Hello, Moto. Yeah, one. yeah, you can turn it off. It's in settings, sound, and the power on sounds, along with loads of other stuff you can turn on or off. Yeah, the uh, social apps like Facebook, TikTok, they're all there, but they're all uninstallable. You just uninstall, uninstall across the board and done. And you've got a bloat-free phone, which I think you'll enjoy. Excellent. That's the way to go. Yeah, ready for the um, their desktop system is present and correct. Yes. I tested it with the next dock I've got here and via cable. Yes. All works absolutely perfectly. And I think, it, I think I prefer ready for to Samsung Dex now. Yeah, um, I I concluded this a few months ago that um and, and where Ready for beat Samsung Dex mostly I think is on the TV screen. Yeah, that they've got a ready 
um, front end, which Samsung hasn't. You, you with Samsung, you just get what looks like a computer screen, and, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah. But but um, Motorola give you a a, a, a user friendly UI, and and having it cabled is just fantastic. I, I know that my Neo has got wired, uh, sorry, wireless connection, and that works okay. But there's nothing quite like wired. So um, yes, great. Going away from wires, <laughs> that's, that's, it's an anti-slinky link. It's, it's got 50-watt charging. 50-watt charging. Wow. wow. I, and none of my pads are capable of that, remotely capable. I think the fastest I've got is 25 watts. Yeah, I, I found a couple of um, links I'll put in the show notes to um, be able to buy one of these 50-watt Motorola-branded Qi chargers. And you've got, you basically got to import one from China. I guess eventually that they will make them available in, in the, the West, but I couldn't find one. There was a seller on eBay selling them, but, but again, they're sourcing them from the Far East. Of course, you don't have to worry about, you know, UK mains adapter because they're just, they have Type-C input. So as long as you've got one of your wonderful yeah. USB fast-charging C2C um, mm. mains units as you already have and i have here you just plug that into the imported chi pad um, and it should work and it, although i don't like the way it stands the phone up at an angle i'm wondering how the phone stays in place and of course if you have different phones that also want a chi charge if they if their dimensions don't match the centers of the coils won't match either yeah that, that is a problem uh, but uh, but but also i mean 50 watt chi charging i mean do we really need that I mean, okay, you might need a really quick. Uh, you and I, I think, use Qi charging for a kind of t- ongoing top ups through the day and yeah. overnight charging, so it's ready in the morning. Um, I, I guess if you are a really busy business person and you needed to charge quickly, it's it's a great thing to have. But I, I think the wired charging, when needed, yeah. at 125 watts, is is a much better option myself. Yeah, I, I haven't got the spec in front of me, but I'm guessing you could do a full charge in just around about half an hour, which is just very impressive. Yeah, less than that, I think. I think they were talking about 50% in seven minutes. <laughs> That's insane. And, and they've yeah. got the Qi as well. That's just a, I, There's so yeah. much to said for this phone. It's currently, they've sent the 12 gigabyte, 256 gigabyte variant, which is basically one of the, the flagships, very, very high spec with the latest Qualcomm chipset, Snapdragon. Um, That's the only one you can get in the UK. Okay. The, 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 the base model, the 8 gigabyte 128 um, variant, is only available in India, apparently. Um, everywhere else in the world, you've got this 256.12. Yeah, so £750, including VAT in the UK, which I think is a pretty decent price. I mean, it, it performs yeah. better than a lot of flagships that are a lot more money. And at time of recording... Lenovo's website are selling it for six four nine. So, they, the, in the summer wow. they was they was when it first got released it was on six four nine. Um, but yeah, if you if you buy it direct from Lenovo, it's um, now still six four nine. One caveat I mentioned earlier, and I don't know whether you've seen this on a Moto before, Ted, but it keeps turning off. Now, well, it's turned off twice. The battery is fully charged. So I leave it alone for a few hours, say on the Qi charger, and I come back to it. For example, after a night's sleep, it's turned off. I've literally never seen this before on any phone from any manufacturer. Surely it has to be a bug. It might be a sort of first few days things. I thought, well, the system files get updated. But have you seen this no. or heard about it? No, no, not, not at all. I've never seen this on any Motorola, nor actually any other phone that I can remember. Um, you, you know, the, 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 the Edge Plus is clearly another flagship level device from 2020, which I've got here. And it's behaved perfectly in that respect all the way along. So I don't know, perhaps... Do you think a previous reviewer has naffed it and <laughs> sent it along? Well, it's tempting to do another factory reset after the update that was available out of the box. But yeah. um, I, we, you, you did some Googling, and I, I did some Googling as well. We found out the other Edge 30 models around the world, they ha- they've got a handful of people who have had exactly the same issue. And I don't think they ever got to the bottom of it. It clearly happens when the phone gets to 100% charge, some process is supposed to kick in to, I don't know, optimize the the tasks to say the phone is fully charged maybe pop up a message saying disconnect your cable that sort of thing but all that happens is the phone turns off it's really weird i've reported it to moto pr they're going to chase it back to the company let me have an official answer but of course it's christmas now so that might take a while um what you I, could do is put it on the um the back not the battery saver but the battery efficiency thing, oh yeah, yeah. which charged it charges it to eighty oh, percent, yeah. or I think it might be eighty five percent with Moto, um okay. and it it just won't let you get to a hundred, so that's that's an option. I will try that. The really odd also is that 
After charging the battery to 100%, okay, fair enough, I then left it on standby overnight without the cable attached, uh, not on a pad, and it was still at 100% in the morning and it hadn't turned off. Okay, fine, let's start testing the battery. Now, you'd have your famous reading test. Mm. I just prefer to accelerate things and save time. So, <laughs> so I play YouTube nonstop. So I had a YouTube video playing for an hour. It still said 100 and now wow. hour and a half in, still said 100%. I mean, what? Mm, Two hours in, that's right. finally 97%. So I think there's some battery calibration needing to be done. Yeah. I'm going to run it all the way down to zero. I know you're not supposed to have to do this. I'm going to go all the way to zero, then recharge. And by the time I've done all that, it'll be time to send it off to you and you can do your testing. Yeah, that that sounds wrong to me. I think there might be something wrong with it. And um Certainly. I mean, we, we, with a PR unit, you don't know how badly previous reviewers have, have treated it, of course. Um, but it, it's still relatively new. It was only released in September. So, you know, it can't have been through that many pairs of hands, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but yes, I think a, a factory reset might help. Yeah, you very kindly put in the full specifications in the show notes, along with some size comparisons. What are your first thoughts based on my thoughts and on the specs? Well, I... I I was comparing it really initially with, um, w- without having seen it yet, obviously, um, with my Edge uh, Plus from 2020 and trying to work out to myself, with myself, why it is that I prefer it. And the, the reasons are very slim because all of the things that the, the new Edge 30 Ultra does, the Edge Plus 2020 does in terms of all that, you know, yeah. ready for stuff and all the rest of it. The only things that it hasn't got is the ongoing um, commitment to updates, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. The the H Plus is just finished, d- abandoned, um, and also the the, the, the super fast ch- fast charging, which I really appreciate in the Neo. Um, so I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's good. Now the other thing that I was concerned about was the edge. The Edge Plus has got a waterfall edge. Um, the Neo is great size in the hand for me, um, but the in the Edge 30 Ultra, they've taken away such a drop-around waterfall edge, which makes the device wider. So I did some measuring up with um, the help of the online services, and it turns out that it's 2.12 millimetres <laughs> yeah. wider on the, the Ultra. So I'm hoping that that won't make a difference hugely to me, because the Edge Plus in my hand is absolutely fine. It's a bit tall, and the Neo beats that problem, but I think that I could probably live with it if it's not too wide. I mean, can you do the, the finger and thumb test around the middle? I'm doing it now, and yes, my middle finger and thumb just touch, and that's with the phone in the TPU case. Right, okay. Um, which comes with the device, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you will lose a 3.5mm audio socket, though. Yes, that's that's true, um, and and for some people that will be um, a, a big problem. However, I was testing the um, audio socket out this week with the the Edge uh, Plus, um, and actually it's not very good. It's it's just you know it, this is no Sony. Um, so I think if you wanted to make use really good use of the three point five millimeter with Motorola devices, you're going to have to get an external DAC dongle thingy and make it sound better um so one could argue that there's not much point really because you might as well do that with the usb-c and if you're going to enhance the sound what's on board the device i don't think is that great um and so um yeah yeah, i i don't think that'd be a huge loss for me it's really interesting since i was testing i did a mass tester you may remember of these usb type c dacs so converting Mm. type c to 3.5 mil and there was quite a difference between the cheap adapters and the the manufacturer supplied, and then the wonderful Hydes, um, you know, pro level, really loud and super quality. And mm-hmm. a, I, I collected a little bag of about eight or nine of them. Do you know, since doing that testing, I haven't opened that bag once <laughs> because we've actually said many times with Bluetooth 5, um, mm. the Bluetooth headphones we've got, and the Bluetooth speakers, I suppose, you, to a certain extent, they're all so good now, and the connection yeah. is so solid. And such high quality, and there are so many good codecs available if you want pro-level sound, it's, it's almost not needed. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but, I mean, I've lived with an iPhone, goodness sake, for the last three years of my primary with no headphone socket, and, and the, the sky hasn't fallen in. Yeah, yeah, I, I, do, I do agree. And I, th- I never thought I would say the same thing either. But when you listen to the difference, the, the 3.5 millimeter audio out, okay, if you've got the Sony, then it's different. 
Um, yeah. but, but with most devices that have got a 3.5, yeah. you, you, you then switch over in testing to Bluetooth and you're, you're blown away by the difference. So, yeah. um, you may, maybe we have to actually accept that they were right, Steve. <laughs> yes they were right but i still hold a, a torch for things like the sony's and the lg's of this world yeah. who put proper proper high quality chipsets yes, uh, audio yes. wise in their phones yeah. and, and but you have to match them with all the right gear so it's easy just to go bluetooth yeah that's that's the difference 144 hertz refresh rate on the screen for for anyone that thinks that that might make a difference yeah to them um the i meant to ask you about the approach because on reviews that i've seen the peak is working and the face unlock is working and the fingerprint scanner under screen optical blah 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 but no one was saying much about the approach so i was i forgot to ask you to test that actually and see if it's working it works on the edge plus but it doesn't work on the neo and i think that it won't work on this ultra either Right, I'm now looking in the Moto app. Is that where I find this particular setting? Is it under display or gestures or personalised? You need to go into the Moto. Yeah, if you go into the Moto app, or yeah. you, you can get to it in various different places. So I'm under display. It's got peak display is turned on. Yeah. But there's no mention of approach anywhere. I'm going to settings. Yeah, I'm not sure it's got approach, Ted. Display peak settings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, attentive display. It's got um, that, but yes, but not not but a pr- not, no. approach. Yeah. So, uh, so, so my guess is right. They've decided that actually, probably the same as me. Actually, is that if you're going to reach your hand over the screen to wave at it, yeah. you might as well just touch it. Yeah. And so, and that, and that's a fair point, I suppose. Much as I've been a big advocate of approach, um, it's yeah. um, you know, no, no big deal, I think. So, yeah, I, it looks like a really, really interesting device, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm all motoed up at the moment, <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> and so I should look forward to it enormously. You may have it by the next show on New Year's Eve, or you may not. It does depend a lot on postal strikes and availability. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, whether I've done all my tests. <laughs> I'm talking of removing, removing plastic from things, though. You removed the screen plastic from your Z Flip 3. Oh, yeah, I'm holding it in, in my hand now. And it's just amazing, the difference. I can't believe that it. before I took it off, it was just, you know, I, I just accepted that the screen was clunky and not particularly responsive because it wasn't glass. And it, But it wasn't. It was all to do with that stupid protector they put on. Yeah. And as soon as I took it off, it suddenly became a completely different phone. And I was so pleased with it that I um, abandoned all other phones for a couple of days. And that was my go-to because it's just gorgeous. The screen is lovely. And, I mean, you can still see the fold in it, obviously. And I don't know what damage I might do to it. I'm I'm obviously really, really careful with my phones. So hopefully I won't do any damage to it. But, um, yeah, just to report, really, it's a different device. Absolutely amazing. So what's the finish now? Obviously, are you actually touching? Now you've taken the outer plastic off. Is there another more integrated plastic protector over the, quote, ultra-thin glass? Or are you literally touching the ultra-thin glass now? Well, apparently there is. Apparently you're not touching glass. You're touching the plastic layer that sits over the whatever it is they call the the, the bending glass that sits underneath it. But they've done such a good job with that. Once you take the screen protector off, they've done such a good job with that first layer, um, whatever it is, that it just feels like glass. It, yeah. it doesn't feel cold like glass. It feels warm like plastic. But but your interaction with the, the phone and the, the swipes and everything are just like glass. I think they've done a terrific job with that. Really impressive. Yeah. Has Nokia, stroke HMD Global, have they delivered your Android 13 for your beloved no, XR20 yet? There's a group of four of us now, including Aidan Bell, incidentally, who <laughs> decided that that's the way he was going. Okay. Um, uh, but a group of four of us all waiting for the Android 13 update. It's not dropping any minute. Apparently, it's it's rolled out to some Far East countries and to some to I think it was some Northern European com- countries, but it hasn't arrived here. I check every day, and we will get it soon. I just I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, to be honest. But I do I do like the theming and the icons and the whole kind of look and feel of the kind of pixel way of how it how it um gets on board with that so i'm looking forward to it we had aiden bell on a fortnight ago talking about his search for a device to place replace yeah. his qwerty smartphone so he has gone um for he was trying trying to try out as it were a l- very large screened 
touch keyboard. So that's the way he's going. He he, he has, yeah. He's he's decided that um, the quest for a a, a keyboard is is finished. He's he's currently looking for a, a, a Bluetooth keyboard yeah. to carry to carry with him. Um, but it needs to be small enough and very very kind of Scion Five like for him. Um, but he's decided that. Yeah, there's enough about the um, X, the Nokia XR20 that he likes over many other devices, including the the big size of the device and the and the complete robustness of it that you can play football with it and drop it off of mountains. Um, mm. So we'll we'll get him back on the show at some point, and, and you know after a, a few months to see how he's getting on. But so far, he's really liking it. I have got this Zag Universal keyboard, which I absolutely love but now mm. i've got the microsoft foldable universal keyboard i don't actually need the zag one anymore so aiden if you're listening and want to make me a sensible offer we might be able to come to some arrangement because that has got fairly scion like keys in terms of size and feel so do get in touch but yeah of course as i said many times though ted a lot of these bluetooth keyboards from the past just as you get to like them uh, and appreciate them they, they become not available for sale so yeah. all you can do is buy second hand yeah, that's the trouble. Is that the, is that also true of the Zag one? Yeah, yeah, it's completely yeah, yeah. unavailable now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, if you, and if you and if you look through, um, in actual fact, Aiden ordered one or maybe two keyboards from Amazon and sent them back because they just were rubbish or they didn't yeah. work properly. And you've then got to be careful about um, UK QWERTY keyboards and blah blah blah. There's so many of them that are Americanized, and some yeah. of them that uh, so many of them that are just plastic rubbish as well. So you, you do have to be very careful when you find one. Hopefully they'll keep making it. <laughs> yeah. Aidan, uh, remind me to send you some photos by email anyway, just, just in case what I've got might be what you're looking for. Um, a reminder that my YouTube shorts, there is this new t- tiny URL. So just we'll put it in the show notes, but it's just tinyurl.com forward slash SL hyphen shorts. Steve Litchfield hyphen shorts. Um, nice and easy. Really happy. We mentioned my Surface Duo 2 with uh, we're trying to get Gboard working on in sort of laptop mode. But Gboard just works generally very well on, on its extra tall setting. It's got plenty of space. It's got the number row. It's got all the Google goodness in terms of autocomplete and, and smarts. And so, and it all feels more intimate and, yeah, very nice indeed. Excellent. But we're, I'll spend some time on the uh, my original duo this week because we've got Ben on next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe both of us can have a bit of a conversation with him about that because uh, – he was very keen on the whole thing as well. So, yeah, I'm glad that you got Gboard working and, um, you know, lots of Google services available on the device. Yeah. Um, there's a chart that's been kicking around our show note for about a month now. I put it in. Um, I was trying to illustrate what I called the zoom gap on phone uh, fl- flagship cameras. So in the chart, and I'll put this in the show notes so people can see it, I've mapped out the iPhone 14 Pro Max, the Pixel 7 Pro, Xperia 1 Mark IV and the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra, looking at the image quality at each zoom level, uh, as judged by me. But <laughs> well, I've colour-coded it, Ted, put it in the notes for you to look at, and listen mm-hmm. yes, see stevelitchfield.com for the show notes. So we have the iPhone 14 Pro Max, for example, excellent quality at one times, pretty good at two times, three times starting to dip because you're on the optical, but it's not that good an optical. And then it just goes downhill to nothingness by 15 times. The Pixel 7 Pro starts great. Dis- disaster at two times. It rallies <laughs> hugely at three times, four times, five times. Then you're on the periscope. And it's pretty darn good all the way up to 15 times using Google Smarts. The Xperia 1 Mark IV from Sony um, starts reasonably well. Doesn't lose much over two times, three times. And it, it peaks at five times, again, using the, 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 the far end of its telephoto. And then it, it diminishes slightly. And finally, the S22 Ultra um, in pink in the charts, you'll see, starts well, great at two times, three times, starts to dip all the way. Its zoom gap is four times, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine 9.9 times zoom. It's pretty awful image quality. Then the 10 times periscope kicks in and it kicks back into excellence. So, And of course, it goes higher because they claim this space zoom. So any comments on my rather zigzag line chart? <laughs> It, my comment would be that if I had to choose one of these and this stuff was important to me, I would go with the, the green line because yeah. which, which is the Xperia One Mark IV because it 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 represents the the most level across the whole field. Yeah. There's no wild dips up and down. It just gives a very good consistent performance, doesn't it? 
yeah anyway so comments welcome on the chart is there any, if maybe ted can stick it also in the me we post um, about this podcast just people can comment directly there as well and you can grab it from the show notes i've been away for a few days in devon with my wife um and family um with the only remaining parent really the others have all sadly deceased in previous years so it was important i went down there on a pre-christmas visit but insert usual moans over bandwidth i was trying to set up a mi-fi for my mother-in-law in tiverton in devon in the uk um it's a reasonably sized town admittedly it's a fairly rural county but it resulted in a bare bones 200 kilobits per second not megabits 200 kilobits per second on three and on only 800 kilobits per second on vodafone which is neither really any good for media and what she loves doing um, even as an 80 year old is watching youtube and watching bbc iplayer and of course they should really struggle if you're not even getting a megabits per second um, and they're only okay really for web browsing of light pages so as usual gentle listener take network speed claims with a huge pinch of salt this was only half a mile from tiverton town center which is it's quite a reasonable sized town and i got round it when i was out and about by just hopping on and off wi-fi hotspots but it really not ideal I should have taken my O2 SIM down with, which I also have. Maybe that would have had better coverage. But it does show we're nowhere near, Ted, what we need to be as a as a tech community and as an industry in terms of cellular bandwidth, I think. I do agree. You know, if, if Google um, and others want us online the whole time using yeah. services and, and, and serving us up adverts to their heart's content, <laughs> yeah. then – they need to work on the infrastructure with the cellular cellular operators too, regardless of. I mean, there are all these government UK promises of we'll have everyone connected by such and such year, and I mean, they, but they've been saying that for like decades now, um, but nothing ever seems to come in terms of real um, quality connectivity for people out in the sticks. So I do agree with you, and it's not good enough. I think they should ship some of these tech executives down to Devon. Roll them around looking at the green fields and say, right, now you try and get online. Now try and stream some prime video. And, and they say, ah, yes, we see the problem. Yeah, but but they'll also say that um, they'll be driven by by the the money, won't they? That they'll be looking at the population and how many complaints they've had, and and yeah. who, who's going to be on board with making money for putting up masks, extra masks, and blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. Let's go satellite, shall we? Yeah, well, they, they might argue that the sheep and the cows don't have much of a, uh, a spending uh, income that they can send in the network's direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking of uh, wildlife, I've been trying some wildlife Zoom experiments on my iPhone 14 Pro Max, and I've been a bit disappointed. I know this is shock horror, Ted. I'm disappointed by my iPhone. How about that? Yeah. It does show, though, how much Apple is lagging behind in this area in Zoom. I mean, I, I, there was the chart just now, but compared to some of the other flagships... I say roll on a periscope zoom in the iPhone 15 Pro series. I'm pretty confident they're going to do this. And I'm hoping, I mean, I hope they don't go to a three camera setup with a big zoom gap again. See my charts. I want Apple to do a four camera setup, which will look better on the back of the phone because they'll just do it as a square grid. I think it should be ultra wide main camera, three times optical as they have now, but then out of five times periscope. So that will give you a nice level quality thing across all the zoom levels. Thus, I would do that four times. I know it will mean the phone will be even more expensive, but I'm hoping that Apple will go down a quad camera setup. It, yeah, going back to the chart, it's a bit worrying, really, for Apple, such a big name, when you look at the, the dive it takes from three times onwards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like we were saying earlier about the um, MKB blah, blah, blah um, <laughs> smartphone thingy, you know, I, most most people perhaps aren't bothered about this. It's you pixel peeping who is bothered. Um, and maybe the feedback to Apple is not about this stuff. It's it's ordinary users doing ordinary things with with their photos. And that means, I'm afraid, you won't want to hear this, but social media and not kind of blowing things up to, to put posters on walls. The only social media I care about, Ted, is MeWe. Wonderful yes. MeWe. <laughs> on the uh, positive side on the iPhone, the more customizable, always on display is just working brilliantly. I've been using it now for after the update for well over a week. It's just like on Android, but better because of the, the more intelligent brightness and the, the, the widget spaces. You can have two widgets showing on your neck underneath your glowing clock. The only gotcha so far is that playing media leaves the cover art uh, um, up on the screen still. 
which is okay if it's attractive, you know, whatever works, PSC. But today I had a show which didn't have any cover art, so I just got a big white blank square the entire day while <laughs> playing on yeah. and off. Literally, I've, I'd always on display with just a big white square. The Sony does that as well, if you noticed. So you, if, you, if you have the Switch thrown in always on display, um, whatever you were last playing um, stays on the screen uh, long after, as long as it's not been closed down in RAM. Yeah. If you actually close the thing down, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then it goes away. But if you but if you don't close it down, even if you stop listening to it, it stays on the screen. So it sounds like it's the same, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to have to dig out which podcast it was that had the missing cover art and bring it up on the Sony. But yes, good point, good point. Mm. Let us move on. This is not intended to be a full hour show. I think we're doing pretty well, actually, given it's Christmas Eve. And we have got celebrations, no doubt, to plan. But you've got a featured photo for us. I have. Um, this week, I looked at one by Ryan Fitzgerald, which he took in Finland. Lake Levy. Lake Levy? Levi? The frozen Levi? Yeah. The frozen Finland lake. Um, he took this using a Google Pixel 6 Pro, um, using Night Sight, and then applied some Snapseed. I really like this because, it's firstly, it's a crisp, wintry scene um, for this time of year, which is great. Um, but also, I love the purposefully wild angle he's taken the shot at. So it's, you know, he, he's just thrown the horizon out the window and he's just kind of tilted his head. And I think it adds drama and 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 passion to the composition. I, I really think it works. It, it, the, on top of that, every element in this scene is full of interest and the lighting is great. And it, I, it just works, I think. I know it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea um, because of that wild angle, but I think it's really interesting and different. And I tip my hat to you, Ryan. I think that's really well done. Of course, the angle might have been because he was drunk and he was just staggering <laughs> home and collapsed and yes. no no they're right it's an interesting idea i would like to see it flat i think it's a stunning use of hdr and snapseed snapseed and bringing every last detail out of a nighttime scene i would like to see the horizon level though i'm wondering whether you <laughs> took it angled or whether you've angled it in post-processing with snapseed so do tell if no no he did he took it angled Okay. Um, he said that he was leaning on his child or his dog or something, <laughs> and he did it on purpose. There's right. no question. But you, but what you could do if you were really wanted to is yeah. you could turn it around and make it square again. Yeah, I'm bl- <laughs> we can blame the dog then. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Me- anyway, well done um, to <laughs> to Ryan. Even if Steve doesn't appreciate it, I do. I think it's a fabulous photo. Well done. Yeah, lovely detail. Anyway, also on me, we use our PSC Classifieds group. It looks like people are selling their Pixels wholesale, Ted. Yeah, Pixel 7s are the ones that are, um, seem to be wanting to get shot of. There's, there's, the first one is 256 gigabyte version, immaculate condition, 480 quid. Then there's a 128 um, lemongrass one, which is the same as the one I've got here, um, the PI unit, 425 quid. Then there's a 7 Pro in black, 256 gigabytes, and including a silver LTE Pixel Watch, so a little bundle there for 850 quid. Um, away from um, Pixels for a minute, Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4, 512 gigabyte in phantom black, excellent condition, 850 quid. That's a bit of a bargain as well. Yeah. Um, and lastly, there's the um, Pixel 6a uh, white, new, uh, 295 quid. Although um, with the Pixel 6 at 299 at the moment, I'm not sure how well the seller will do with that. But yeah, Pixel 6a, white, um, new. He, he just took it out of the box to look at it, but it's brand new essentially. 295 quid for those that don't want a 6, but like the dinkier 6a. I think my pick would be the Pixel 7 Snow, if 256 gigabyte, because there's no micro SD inside. I think you'd need to go for 256 if you're a geek like us. And it, he says it's immaculate condition, 480. I, I think that's a good buy. Yeah, yeah, except you wouldn't be happy because of the camera. Um, but, you know, it'd be okay for me. Yeah, for, uh, as a recommendation for others, maybe not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think my pick would be the, the Z Fold 4. Um, I've never held a Z Fold um, device, a 3 or a 2 or anything, and loads of storage. And I, I think that would be really cool, um, especially since I've taken the screen protector off of my flip. <laughs> it'd be excellent but yeah it's still a lot of money and um i know what you say about folding screens but I, to me that would be my pick 
Yeah, maybe you could persuade the seller to lend it to you, but then he might be worried that you might peel the screen protector off the fold <laughs> yeah. floor as well. I, I think I'd be too worried about borrowing a folding device from someone, even if he was kind <laughs> uh, enough to, to lend it. So, um, no, I don't think I'll go down that road. But it'd be, be, be nice to have one to own um, uh, to play with. Anyway, there you go. MeWe PSC Classifiers Group is where you'll find all that stuff going on, buying and selling. And the MeWe PSC Photos Group is where you'll find all the photos of interest. And we also now started just this week a PS, I think this was um, something you suggested, yeah, yeah. Steve, the PSC uh, videos group. Um, at the moment, there's a kind of slow uptake of that, but we did identify that people did want to take photographs, sorry, uh, videos with their phones and have yeah. somewhere to, sh- to show them off. And so we thought we'd throw it up and we did. So there's another group. We'll put it into the – make sure it's in the, the show notes if you want to get there, um, and you'll be able to join up and share your videos. Yeah. Talking of uh, borrowing folding devices, you did borrow Ben Wood's Surface Duo, which does fold. So I'm bringing that as a slinky link to remind you and um, listeners that there'll be Ben and some Surface Duo talk, I suspect, in next week's PSC, along with the other usual – mix of mobile miscellany oh, I, can, mm. I can rattle that off it shows i haven't had too much mulled wine yet <laughs> any last words from you ted salmon it would be interesting to, to hear what ben's up to with his museum and that it's been a while since he's been on and what device he's currently using i can't actually remember what it was last time but i know that he had a soft spot for the duos so um yeah that'll be a good chat um usual stuff from me podhub uk um head across there links in the show notes Get, if you get lost, go to tedsalmon.com, but you'll find it all and on Steve's site as well. Okay, well, there's 10 minutes to go. It's been 50 minutes. Shall we spend the last 10 minutes singing carols, Ted? <laughs> Certainly not. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, show notes at stevelitchfield.com. And uh, thank you to everybody through the year for donating. There is You can buy me a beer at stevelitchfield.com forward slash paypal.hdm. You can buy Ted a coffee at... Uh, paypal.me forward slash Ted Salmon. Yes, there we are. So you'll notice there are no adverts whatsoever in this podcast all through the year, every single week of the year. No hanging around. So if you do want to say thank you, those links are available also in the show notes. And thank you in advance. Happy Christmas to everyone. A cheery goodbye. Merry Christmas. There we are. Goodbye. <laughs> Catch you next week on New Year's Eve on Phone Show Channel.